This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Urgel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. I'm so excited to have Cecilia Simon on with us today. Cecilia is the wife of John Simon of the University of Memphis. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, I'm very welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, I personally just heard you speak at the AFCWA convention as a part of the AFCA convention where about 5,000 coaches, college, pro, high school, everyone comes in uh, all over the country to one area. A lot of the wives come along. Uh, heard you speak. It was phenomenal. You're an author, motivational speaker. You know, Take me back. What prompted this career for you to start writing and using your gifts in that area? Well, my husband was playing for the Tennessee Titans. Um, it was a pretty lonely time for me. Uh, It was my first time actually being away from home. Home is Louisiana. And it was my first time being away from everyone that I knew and everything that was familiar. And so I met a girl at church in Tennessee, in Nashville, Tennessee. And she just kind of came up to me and said, hey, I really don't want anything from you, but I just wanted to introduce myself. I know that your husband place for the Titans. I'm not a groupie or anything, but I really just want to get to know you and just welcome you to Nashville and to the church. And so that relationship just has developed over 15 years. And I remember she and I just having a conversation one time about being an NFL player's wife and the ins and outs of it, the highs and the lows. And she said, Cecilia, why don't you start journaling? And I thought, okay. And she said, I just journal my prayers. I journal my thoughts and I just give them to God and um, I pray over them. And then I just close the book and leave them alone and leave them there. And she said, it just helps me get my thoughts out, my feelings out, uh, my emotions out. And I don't have to just kind of, you know, throw up all of that or um, regurgitate all my husband. I give it to God and I leave it alone. And I said, oh, okay. And I started to do what she said. And from that day on, I have not stopped writing. Her name is Nicole, and I'm excited to go back to Tennessee to be closer to her. I'll be in Memphis. She'll be in Nashville. We'll be three hours away, but um, that I'm excited to get to just kind of rekindle our relationship again. That's very amazing. Now, you have written two yes. books. The most recent yes. one is called Married to Coach, Submitted to Both. What prompted mm-hmm. you to write this specific book? So Marriage to Coach Submitted to Both is a 31-day devotion for coaches wise. And in the book, I have broken down the chapters into like four seasons because I am a football coach's wife. So there's four quarters where the quarters range from, you know, topics that all coaches wives experience, things such as marriage, sisterhood, and submission. And But mainly my focus in the book is submission. And um, I was prompted to write the 31-day devotional geared towards submission because I was going through, my husband and I were going through a really, really challenging, difficult time in our marriage where, uh, honestly, we were about to just call it quits. I was done, um, just hurt, broken, and I had already actually began writing the devotional but I stopped because of that period, that season we, we were going through. And I, I was done. I said, God, I can't write this. I don't want to write this. I don't want to spill my hurt, my pain 
this blood on other women. So I'm done. I don't even know why you told me to write this. Well, then once God begins to heal our marriage and remind us of why we were together and the purpose of um, our family, then I picked it back up. And when I picked it back up, I could not stop writing. And so I knew then that not only was the book for me and was healing me through the writing, but that it was also for other women to read and in hopes, heal them, give them some tips on marriage and remind them that their marriage has purpose and that purpose starts with submitting and if you don't submit you won't understand why you're married in the first place Mm, that's very good advice so did you use some of those journals as well that you had been compiling uh throughout life is it kind of mixed with both of those things that you've been putting together Yeah, I guess you can say um, that it is compiled of my experiences. Most writers, when they write, they write from experience. Um, But my goal in Married to Coach Submitted to Both was to point people to Christ and not myself, which is why it's spiritually based, which is why it has scriptures in it. So as much as when you read it, I write about my experiences, I also try to compile scripture and devotion and um, stories from the Bible in it to make sure that people are saying, okay, this is what Cecilia did, but she did it because of Christ, not because she thought that she was strong or in her own strength, she could go through what she was going through at the time. I'm sure it's really neat to hear from people who have read your book. Someone has highly recommended to me. She said it was just phenomenal, mm-hmm. so inspiring. She gives it to her mm-hmm. other coaches' wives on the staff. When you hear comments like that, how does that build you? I'm always um, humbled by them. I'm always wanting to know what 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 is it that encouraged you or what was said or um, what story did you read uh, simply because my desire is to know how they felt or what, what was the spark or how did I relate to you? Um, what was the similarity? And so I'm encouraged by those stories. I'm humbled by those stories. But I truly believe that as coaches, wise, we walk together. And, and I think people share their stories because they are saying indirectly, I understand, I get it, I've been, I know. And so um, I'm always humbled by what the stories that I hear and encouraged to continue. Um, a lot of times we pour out uh, ministers in Christ or uh, speakers, we pour out so much. And those who we're pouring out to sometimes don't understand that we need to be poured back into. That's true. And so when I hear those stories, it just gives me a little bit more fire to continue to do what I know God has called me to do. So I'm extremely humbled by them, but also encouraged to just continue to walk and to continue to inspire others to do the same. You give some tough love in the book. What are some things you think it's important for us wives to focus on in this journey? So I have been studying the book of Ephesians and Ephesians um, was written by Paul to the believers. So that's a very important point to believers. So if you are a believer or if you call yourself a Christian, Paul has challenged believers in the book of Ephesians to um, to live like Christ here on earth right now. And so that tough love 
my desire is for others to focus on Christ and his purpose for eternity. And so when I wrote Ready to Co-Submitted to Both and the theme being submission, I really wanted husbands and wives to know that God has had a plan for marriage from the beginning. And the plan is that he's coming back for his bride, which is the church, which is me and you one day. And so Mm -hmm. we have to prepare for him coming back now, be it you being a single person, a married person, or being a married uh, husband and wife in a family, there's a responsibility if we call ourselves believers to walk out daily in Christ. And so I believe that, again, it starts, those that responsibility starts with submission. One, submitting to Christ to know what it is that he has been called you to be responsible two and then two being submitted to your husband because God has given him leadership over the home and once we do that then we become into alignment with what God has called us to do a lot of our toiling and working and um, hustling and bustling in life is because we're not in alignment with what God has set up as as we refer to as a system so there's Christ and there's our husband, then there's the wives, and then there's the children and the family. And so when we we come into alignment and submit to a believer's lifestyle, then we will know what it is that we have been called to do, one, as an individual, then two, in our marriage, because God has given us a couple of purposes, two different purposes. There's something we're supposed to do together, and then God has given us individual gifts as well. And so that tough love is just reminding us as believers Don't get lost or caught up in your goals, your dreams, and the things that you want to accomplish. But God has given us a responsibility from the beginning of time, and that is to show other believers or those who are those that are lost that within our marriage, there is supposed to be an example that others are supposed to see and to cause them to want to love Christ more, be in the body of Christ, and to serve others in Christ. And so um, when we lose, lose sight of that, Kristen, we really do lose sight of everything. We miss the mark. We miss why we are here. Mm-hmm. And if we don't take hold of, of, of submission and why we are here submitting to Christ first, we'll never know what we're supposed to do in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it's tough love, but Christ loves us, but he has also given us standards and implications um, to ensure that we are doing the right things and our kids character is being seen on earth as well. He's given us free will to do um, a lot of things that we desire to do, but he also reminds us that if you are you are a Christian and you call yourself a believer, then there's a responsibility that I have called you to. And so Christ does love us with unconditional, everlasting love. But at times, yes, it can be tough because he is not just going to allow us to want to just wander on earth without purpose and without submitting to what he has called us to do. That's good stuff right there. And there's a lot of peace when you are in alignment. Absolutely. 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 We, 
like I said, we have so many pieces uh, moving around daily with husbands, with children, with work, with our uh, being an entrepreneur, so many things. But if in the morning we don't get up and seek God first and reverence him first, the Bible says that our steps are ordered by the Lord, mm-hmm. the Lord when we delight in his way. We forget that part, part when we delight in his way. And so That's first true. we have to delight in his way. And if we don't know his way how do we delight in it and then how do we know that our steps are ordered or how can we even receive instruction or guidance on those steps because we missed the first part and first we have to delight in his way and when we delight in his way we know everything else he'll give us what we need to continue into everything else but you know I've just learned at 37 years old that I can't just be mindlessly wandering, but there's a system that I have to follow. There is structure, there is alignment. And when I don't get into alignment, I am way off. Mm. I do things my own way. I um, try to figure out things on my own. I am tired because I'm working and being busy, but not being productive. And so um, when I get into alignment, you're right. There's just so much so much joy, so so much calmness, um, even with the move. I mean, I'm, I'm okay because I mm-hmm. understand that this is a part of being in alignment and, so, and submitting to, to God's will for my marriage and, and my, the leadership of my husband. Yeah, that tough love can be hard, but um, it's needed, definitely needed. Your first book, The One Day Hope, talks about overcoming adversity. How has the hardships mm-hmm. or how have they um, in this profession had an impact on your faith? This profession has just shown me the different facets of who God is. And so with every level, God shows me that there's a different part of him that I haven't known before, or that there's a different part of me that I didn't know existed. So either I I find out something, I find out something that I possess that is weak, or I find out something that I possess that is strong. Either way, I need both. I need to know where I am weak so I can give those things to God and surrender them to him. I also need to know where I'm weak so I can flourish in those areas, feed those areas, and continue to build in those areas. So um, I was talking to my pastor about the move to Memphis, and I said to him, you know, God told me, um, he was preaching Sunday about faith. I said, and while you were preaching, God reminded me, that while I pursue faith and understand what faith is, I also have to understand that moving to another state, my husband has been uh, promoted to another level, but I start off at the bottom because I'm new. Mm -hmm. And so starting off at the bottom of a new level reminds me that I need faith. So it's going to show me another facet of Christ, who he is and what he has, what he desires to do in my life. But then also where I'm weak, where I need to pray, where I need to, what things I need to surrender to him. And then where I have been strengthened throughout this journey and continue to pursue those things that I am strong in. So that is a great thing about the, the football journey is that it shows me me, but it also shows me. Christ and who he is and how big he is and, and what he's done before and what he'll do again. Uh, and so I, 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 I honor this lifestyle and I truly believe that it is a privilege to be called to 
this journey. Memphis is about to get a blessing, I'll tell you that. Now, your husband, you <laughs> mentioned it, John, just landed the recruiting coordinator, passing game coordinator, wide receivers job for the University of Memphis. That is actually our alma mater. That's my hometown, That's so I'm excited. Yes. What excites you about moving to the Bluff City? To be honest, right now, what excites me the most is being reunited with my husband. He has, he left the day after the convention. After I spoke, he came back home the next day. He left the next day. So what excites me is being united with him again. I miss him so much. But the other thing is I'm from the South. I'm from Louisiana. And so we've lived in Arizona for three years. And I, I really do miss, I miss, I miss the four seasons. I miss the trees and the grass. I miss the, the, the um, changing of the leaves, the coloring, you know, in the fall and then the snow. And I, I, I miss, um, believe it or not, somewhat of the humidity. I mean, it, it really is really, um, the desert is really dry. I miss the rain. I really miss the rain. Um, when we first moved here, it took, it took, 22 days I counted 20 to rain and then you know now it's just kind of every now and then we don't get much rain in Arizona but I, I do miss and will appreciate uh, just growing I, I don't say going but just growing through the four seasons again because I do believe that every season calls for a different uh, part of who we are we grow and we mature in those in seasons we learn in seasons we become better uh, in seasons. And so uh, I, I, I'm excited about going back to the South and being able to just smell some rain, girl. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of fun yeah. things about the city of Memphis. You will absolutely love yeah. the yeah. food. I hope you like some barbecue because yeah. that's what they're known for yeah. in, in Shelby County. I, I joke, I said, I don't usually eat barbecue outside Shelby County, but there's nothing oh, really? like it there in Memphis. It's the I'm best. excited. So it's, yes. it's, now, how did you guys meet? How did you meet John Simon? I went um, as a freshman at Louisiana Tech University. I went to freshman orientation, and it's just for a weekend. So it's those who committed to um, finishing their uh, or pursuing their college education at Louisiana Tech University. You go for a weekend, but then you go back home. So it's kind of an introduction to this is lifestyle, and then you go back home and you wait until school starts in August. So that happened during the summer. And I was with a girlfriend who I was going to room with, who was also at my high school. And so we decided we were going to be roommates. We were going to go to tech and all that stuff. And so we went to the freshman orientation for a weekend. And I just wasn't feeling it really. And I kind of stayed in the room a lot. But I did go out once. And my husband, who was this John Simon then, he said he saw me, but I didn't see him. And so he waited until he was like, okay, she's coming back. She's at freshman orientation. So obviously she's going to start school here in August and so he said he just waited for me to come back and to see me again but never said anything just hoping that our paths would cross and so um, we did end up uh, crossing paths again at a party if you 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 were in the uh in the AFCWA uh, session where I spoke so our stories are, are still different we we don't agree on how we actually met but my <laughs> side of the story is we were at a party um it was like a freshman party gathering um and I went with my friends and John came in and he and his buddy had on their 
uh, jerseys, which at the time I didn't know was his actual jersey. I just thought like this guy wore a jersey to the party, you know, and so it had his name on it and his number. I didn't remember the last name. I just remember the number. And um, I danced with number eight all night, and, uh, and then the part is over, and I went one way, he went another way. We never exchanged numbers, um, exchanged names. Maybe we did, I just don't remember. But um, he did end up calling me a couple days later. I guess we, we, yeah, we had to exchange names because he called me a couple days later and left a message on my, uh, on my at the time, in 1999, we had phones in our room but yes, we also had an uh, answering machine yes we did <laughs> in 1999 gosh I'm so old but anyways message on my answering machine and um he said hi my name is j-rock you know I met you at the dance or whatever it was really nice meeting you and I'm like okay first of all why are you calling yourself j-rock you know right and then two why didn't you leave information for me to contact you again well it was just his way of just kind of making me linger to want to get to know him more I guess it's just his strategy or whatever so anyway Louisiana Tech has a directory of students and you can pick up that directory from anywhere and if they have a number in the directory you can call and so I said I thought it was really pretty cool that he remembered my name and he looked through the directory and found you know which dorm I was in and and gave me a call and honestly the rest is history he has been more than a blessing to to me and to our family um and I wouldn't trade that coach for anything in the world I love it that's pretty cool so talk <laughs> about this road to Memphis how many coaching stops and how did it start we have been blessed extremely grateful our college coaching career started in 2000. 13. So we have not moved like um, most, not not too many moves um, like most wives have. We were three years at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And then we started at Southern Miss and then three years in Arizona, at Arizona State. So this is our, this is our third move. But um, the uh, this move was our choice. You have two sons. How old are they and mm-hmm. how are you communicating this move with them? Are they taking it well? Do you have any tips? Because it's kind of moving season for coaches. Do you have anything that you're right. kind of working through with them? We have two boys, John the fourth, he is 13 and James is 11. And for them, well, for one, we're a Christian family and we're believers. And so every morning, whether my husband's here or he's not here, the boys and I They'll eat breakfast, they'll pack their lunches for school, and then we'll have devotion. And that's just something that we do every morning to remind us to give our day to Christ and to ask him uh, to give him permission to take complete control of it. And so we built a foundation of Christianity in our home. So when there's transition within our home, the boys understand that God is taking care of us. And so when there there are changes or there are things that happen that kind of shakes our world up a little bit, I, I believe the boys revert back to what we believe and why we pray and why we do devotion every morning. And so they kind of feed off of my reaction and John's reaction and our responses and, and what we believe and what they know as a family unit we believe. And that is that Christ is taking care of us, that Jesus 
is directing our path, that he's ordered our steps. And so they're comfortable and they're at peace knowing that we're doing the right thing because dad and mom follows after Christ and dad and mom listens to Christ and, and they see us worship and they see us pray together and we pray together as a family. And so we're not, the decisions we make or the things that we're doing are not chaotic or they're not by happenstance, um, but that they have been orchestrated by God and they're strategic. Our decisions are strategic and we've prayed for wisdom and we trust God and we're not, we're not just moving to be moving, but we understand that this is purpose. And we talk to them about purpose and we talk to them about uh, dreams and goals, but also those dreams and goals should be aligned with Christ. And so they are okay. You've been an NFL coach's wife and, a, and now a college football coach's wife. What are some of the most surprising things about the life of a coach's wife that maybe you didn't know going into it? I think just gullible and naive and not knowing uh, what to expect, but having an expectation, which is sometimes not a good thing. I just thought that all teams were alike and I thought that all head coaches were alike and I thought that all head coaches wives were alike, but that's not true. Every team has their own way of doing things and every coach's wife has her own way of doing things. And so you, you, you have to even submit. And the Bible says that in Ephesians, you submit to your bosses, your bosses submit to you. We submit to one another out of love. And so we have to understand or I had to understand that for every different head coach and different head coach's wife, I had to relearn and start over. If we were all the same, the, you know, life would just be, the world would just be boring. And so God giving the body of Christ um, diversity and having diversity in the body of Christ, then we have to uh, understand that as a family, we just have to grow in unity and love one another and pray for one another and draw close to uh, draw close to everyone because that's what God desires for the church. So just keeping that in mind, the church, it's about the church. It's about God's goal. It's about him coming back for um, his bride. And, um, you know, if I, my, John and I were going through marriage counseling and the pastor told us that marriage counseling no expectations, no disappointments. Hmm. And that just has, that has just stuck with me forever. If I don't have an expectation, I won't be disappointed. Now that's not to say that in your marriage or even in, in um, football or the staff that you are connected with, not to voice um, what you think is, is right or is biblical. Um, but just don't go in thinking this is how it's going to be more like, um, God, how do you want it to be? And give me a heart to be able to be patient until it becomes, or it looks like you. Now it's no secret that college college coaches, um, no secret. They, they spend a lot of time on the road recruiting a lot of practice and study and game planning. So what are some things that you find fulfilling while he's spending so much time on the road and at the office? You know what? When they're game planning and recruiting and all that good stuff, that is my time to game plan. I mean, I I used to in the beginning dread that that time, but I don't anymore. And 
it just goes back to what I said earlier, that we have purpose in our marriage, but we also have gifts and purpose as an individual. And in those times when I say I'm game planning, those are the times where I'm writing my books. Those are the times where I'm pursuing um, degrees. Like right now, I'm currently in seminary. And so I'm pursuing a, my second master's in ministry. And so on, I can up, <laughs> yeah. And so I can stay up late when John's late at the office and I can write. I don't have to, you know, be quick to get in the bed with him or, or anything like that or cater to him or, or anything. I ha- I'm, I'm able to pursue the things that God has called me to pursue. And I have an LLC and I go out, you know, go around speaking and, um, just serving others in the capacity of ministry and so I can do those things and I can focus on those things when he's at the office or when he's recruiting and so we have to understand that we have purpose both in our marriage and as as an individual we learn that and understand that you don't put place your individual purpose above your marriage you still have to submit but in those times when you have time Girl, you better get your game plan together. You listen, don't you dare, don't you dare, you know, start to wallow in misery and, and just wait for him to come home. Because I think what happens is then our husbands become idol, an, an idol. You're and right. God said he, he's a jealous God. And he doesn't hire for us to make any images of anything other than him. And when we're just sitting home, waiting for him to come home, woe is me, you know, waiting for him to text back and all that stuff, like, we miss that we have purpose as well. And that's when we get lost and we lose who we are. And then your identity becomes your husband's identity and you're nothing. And then you feel like I'm nothing without him. Mm. But if you know that you are uh, indeed uh, worth, you're worth a lot, almost if not more, then you know that I can do things without my husband and still be a daughter of Christ, still be worthy of worthy in Christ and still have purpose. And so we have to, we have to be able to separate the two um, to not lose who we are as an individual, because you were somebody before you met your husband. Mm-hmm. And so you have to remember that. That's powerful yes. right there. I mean, if you just get, Girl, look. I'm telling you, that's powerful right there. That's <laughs> I'm telling you. Perspective, you know? Yes. Yes. Now as yeah. a mom, what are a handful of things you've learned to do to juggle the demands of all those mom things you got to do? But also there's a lot of demands with uh, John's responsibility of ministering to his players and, and different recruiting mm-hmm. events. What are some things you've done that's helped you juggle all that? You know, I remind myself that I can't give anything to my children or my husband if I am not healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally. And so when I drop my kids off at school, one thing I do after I drop them off, I go straight to the gym. It's just a time for me. I'll get on a treadmill and I can think and I can sweat and I can release some emotions. Um, I listen to worship music when I'm on the treadmill. I, I'm I'm praying silently, not out loud, so that nobody think I'm crazy that's uh, you know on the treadmill beside me. But I I get to just unwind at the gym. I take care of me. I, I want to be healthy. I want to continue to 
you know, go to all of the boys' basketball games and football games and soccer games. And I want to be healthy mentally and physically for my husband as well. I want to look good for my husband. Continuing to have a daily prayer life and a life that is devoted to Christ. So I have to read God's word, not just for seminary, but I have to get in God's word and study God's word for myself. And what I've learned is that sometimes when we're reading scripture or studying scripture, that particular day when God gives you something, it may not be for you. It may be for someone else. It may be for your husband. It may be for your children. Oh, in my book, um, Married to Coach Submitted to Both, I talk about a moment where God interrupted me in the middle of uh, work one day and started giving me some instructions and some information on things that I needed to tell my husband. And so I understand that as much as I need devotion and prayer, um, God can be using me to receive something for someone else. And so when we give our lives away to Christ, to be a servant to others, we know that it is vital to hear from God, not just for ourselves, but for others. And so I devoted my life to working out, but then also just daily hearing from Christ in the scriptures and being prayerful. So what have you found to be some of the most rewarding things about this very unique life that we live? When my husband's in the NFL, um, he had a career ending injury and we just literally lost everything. We couldn't sustain the lifestyle that we were living. And so we went through foreclosure. We went through repossession of cars and houses. And for seven months, we had to go and live with my brother, his wife, and their two children. And I remember pulling out of the driveway one day of their home, just being frustrated, having to share a bathroom, having to share a kitchen, um, all of those things after literally building our first home together in Nashville, going back to have to share with um, my brother and his wife. And I'm so thankful for them for allowing us to stay there for seven months. But I was frustrated. I was back in our driveway. And um, the boys, I'm sure, probably knew it, could feel it. They were about three and five at the time. And our five-year-old, John, he said, for whatever reason, I was pulling out the driveway. This is in the book as well. He said, Mom, God is taking care of us. And he was five. Wow. <laughs> he was five. And I just thought to myself, like, wow, if a baby in Christ can remind me of Christ, then I know that things are going to be okay. And so going through that dark, challenging period in our lives has allowed me now to see all of the blessings and the restoration that God has done mm. over the years. And so the boys got to go on their first plane ride. Um, when we were at the University of Southern Mississippi, we went to a bowl game in Dallas and they'd never been on a plane before. And we just never been able to afford tickets for them to be on a plane before. So the things that I cherish most uh, on this journey is the boys just being exposed to uh, blessings that we couldn't, wouldn't been, have been able to give to them had God not decided that, hey, I'm going to turn your lives around. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to show you that that was nothing, you know, that I'm going to restore everything that you lost. And so now they've been the They've lived in Mississippi, they lived in Arizona, they've about to move to Memphis, and they've seen so many things. They've been um, exposed to so many different experiences, and uh, I just love that God has indeed been faithful and restored everything that we've lost, and even so much more 
boys are just reaping the benefits of God's faithfulness. Tell the listeners how someone can follow you and get your books. So my book is on Amazon. Both of them are under Cecilia Simon, uh, The One Day Hope, and Married to Coach Submitted to Both. You can grab them both on Amazon or on my website at www.ceciliasimon, C-E-C-E-L-I-A.com. Um, and all of my social media handles are at Cecilia Simon. So Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are at C-E-C-E-L-I-A-S-I-M-O-N. I have fast five questions for you. Ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. What is something people would be surprised to know about you? I am a twin. Oh, there you go. I have a twin sister. Yeah. Yep, I do. Identical or not? We, we're fraternal, but we, but people who don't know us will think, yeah, absolutely, that she's, that may even, may even think that she's me. I mean, we've, we did that in high school. We uh, trick teachers and she goes sit in the classroom and I go sit in another and they think that we were, yeah, one another. But so I think, you know, that just has to do with the egg, like fraternal and identical, but um, we have so many similar qualities that, um, yeah, we look like each other, but on on the documents we're fraternal not identical okay favorite spot to watch a football game on my couch you know I get so caught up and may say something I shouldn't be saying um and so I just I'll sit on my couch and I I I like my own space and I yeah because I go through all these different emotions and I'd rather not be around people so I I sit on my couch eat whatever I want to eat and watch the game love it what tourist spot and Memphis, will you most likely visit first? You know, I am excited about going to the National Civil Rights Museum. Um, I I am intrigued by the Lorraine Motel where Dr. King was assassinated. And I think that's one of the places I want to go and visit first and allow the boys to experience first. Okay, so what's your favorite fast food restaurant? Probably Chick-fil-A. What's your favorite TV yes. show? I have fallen in love with This Is Us. I don't watch it. I don't watch a lot of TV. So I rather read or write. Um, and so This Is Us is on Hulu. It's on Netflix. Um, so I get to just catch up and just binge watch. And I rather sit and watch something that I love instead of just having a TV on and just flipping through channels trying to find something that I love. Um, I have fallen in love with This This Is Us. And I have my husband and I fall in my husband. <laughs> has fallen in love with you too so I miss him that he's not home because like we caught up on episodes over the holidays and I don't want to watch one without him because then he'll have to go back and so yeah I'm excited to get get with him get to him so that we can start back thank you so much for sharing your stories your wisdom inside it's been incredible you are so very welcome thank you for having me and thank you for allowing me this opportunity to just sit and share with you and with other Coaches Wives. Make sure to subscribe to the Coaches Wife Live podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at Coaches Wife Life.